You're listening to the College Football Daybreak Podcast with Dave and Leslie. Hope you're ready because the College Football Daybreak Podcast starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to College Football Daybreak. I'm Leslie O'Connor, joined by Dave Mulder, and today we're talking about week 13 of college football. Hey, Leslie. This is Thanksgiving weekend. It's the last weekend of the regular season before championship week. So a lot of rivalry games coming up and we might as well just jump straight into the matchups. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Let's uh, start with Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. But it's not just any Thursday. It's Thanksgiving (laughs) Day. So after you're done eating turkey or ham or if you're vegetarian, I'm not sure what you're vegetarian at Thanksgiving, but whenever you're done eating... You can tune in at 7.30 p.m. to ESPN and watch the Egg Bowl. Now, Leslie, I'm sure you know a little bit about the Egg Bowl. Yes. Well, tell us. Yeah. (laughs) So this is the battle for the golden egg, and (laughs) this is the 10th longest uninterrupted rivalry series. Uh, So that's fun. And the first matchup was in 1901. So there's an actual golden egg trophy since 1927. There's been a trophy. Um, And Mississippi State actually won that first game as a shutout, as it usually happens, 17 to nothing. You know, I don't think we were clear, but the the egg bowl is between Ole Miss, Mississippi, and Mississippi State. So it's a uh, Block M, MSU type affair just in, in the South. Yeah, and Mississippi State is a 15-point favorite. Leslie, are you going to watch this game? Yeah, I am. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, you've been kind of uh, up on Mississippi State. I mean, usually you're, you've been all about Arkansas and Tennessee, but both of those teams have been awful this year. So Mississippi State seems like the team you've inherited. And Do I have that about right? Yeah, they have such a strong defense. And I, th- I think that this game is just going to highlight that um, as usual. Yeah. You know, we haven't talked a whole lot about Ole Miss this year. Well, first of all, they're not even bowl eligible because they had some stuff going on in the offseason. So they, even if they were undefeated right now, they could not go to a bowl game. They lost at a quarterback in the middle of the year. He was replaced with a guy named Jordan uh, Ta'amu. Kind of a tough name to pronounce. But... They've struggled to this point, um, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nick Fitzgerald for Mississippi State, so I'm with you, assuming that you picked the uh, the Bulldogs. Yeah, I did. It's yeah. funny, though, for um, the matchup, Ole Miss actually usually wins this one, but uh, I'm going with Mississippi State this year. Yeah, same here. Um, I, I just I, I can't see a reason for Ole Miss to, to even be in this, aside from the fact that it's a rivalry game, but... I got to go with Mississippi State, and this could be a fun one to watch after. Well, I'll probably be sleeping uh, at that time of night, but, you know, like you on a typical Saturday night, I'll be going to bed a little early on Thanksgiving because I eat quite a bit. So that'll be fun. Egg Bowl. I don't think there are any other Thanksgiving Day games or from, from what I was looking at. Nope, not for college football. Yeah, not for college football, at least. So let's turn our attention now to Friday because the games which are typically on Saturday are now spread out over Friday and Saturday for Thanksgiving weekend. We'll go with the, well, we'll start at noon because there's only one game at noon (laughs) on Friday. The number two Miami Hurricanes are about a two touchdown favorite 
at Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh has struggled this year, including last week, a very close loss to Virginia Tech, where they had it like fourth and goal or they had four chances to score from inside the 10. They failed to do so. They could not beat uh, Virginia Tech kind of um, you know, emblematic of their entire season, really uh, symbolic of their entire year. Their biggest question mark, Pittsburgh's at least, is at quarterback. So yeah, this is the last game of the year. It's not a, a good situation to still have a question mark at quarterback. Kind of tells you a little bit about how they've been doing. But if you remember last year, Pittsburgh beat both Penn State and Clemson, two of the playoff teams, including the national champion. So or actually, no, Penn State didn't, didn't make the playoff, did they? No, no. I, don't, I don't think they no. did. Well, anyway, two really good teams. Clemson won the national championship. So this is still the same Pittsburgh team in, in its core. But I got to go with Miami to win this one. And... It could, though, it could be interesting, particularly because Miami is coming north. You know, they've been at home the last couple of big games where they beat um, they beat Virginia Tech. They beat Notre Dame. I think they won at home against Virginia. But now they got to go north and it's going to be like 40 degrees, which isn't freezing, obviously, but still a lot colder than they're used to. Don't know if that'll affect them, but um, but it might be interesting to watch as an earlier game on Friday. So last week's game of Miami versus Virginia, that wasn't really pretty. I know that Miami is definitely a a second-half team, and so they ended up winning no problem. But Virginia got an early lead, and they were up by two touchdowns. And it it just wasn't really the best playing by Miami. And unfortunately for Pitt, I think Miami could still play not their best and win this one easily. And I don't even think this will be a fun game to watch at all. Boo. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Well, maybe the next game will be a little more interesting to watch. Let's move to 3.30 p.m. on ABC again on Friday. This is probably the biggest matchup of the year in the state of Florida. You know, none of the, uh, well, aside from Miami, Florida and Florida State have been pretty awful. In fact, we're not even going to talk about their game because they're both (laughs) Uh, you know, below 500, not going to be playing for a bowl this year. But you have South Florida, which is actually, I think, in Tampa, which isn't that south. And then you have Central Florida in Orlando. They call this the war on I-4, Interstate 4, because that highway connects the two campuses. And I was kind of curious, so like, hey, that's kind of a neat name, the war on I-4. Maybe they've been doing this for a long time. Actually, they haven't, at least on football. They've only played eight times before, but uh, this game is interesting because Central Florida, of course, is still undefeated and South Florida only has one loss. So the winner of this game will be going to the American Athletic Conference Championship game. So there's still a a chance that Central Florida, even though they're undefeated, won't win their own conference. So they have to win this game. Central Florida does to have any shot, obviously, at being that group of five teams. So the New Year's Six Bulls take the group of five team that is the highest ranked right now that's central florida it could also be memphis if um if central florida falls so or i I think memphis is also in the aec so that could be an interesting championship game to watch next weekend but in any event this is a pretty crucial game in the state of florida kind of a kind of surprising given that it's there these are not the the big name schools in the state of florida but what to me is kind of interesting is that the head coaches, I mean, I don't think we talked a whole lot about UCF or 
USF. But USF is uh, coached by Charlie Strong, who you're probably familiar with from his uh, time at Florida, Texas, you know, a couple different schools. And Scott Frost is the head coach of UCF. So he's a former quarterback in Nebraska. And that's kind of interesting because Nebraska, which is in another game we'll be talking about, is on the verge of firing Mike Riley. And there's a lot of rumors about UCF's head coach, Scott Frost, being recruited to come to Nebraska. He's already denied them, of course. Um, But a lot of times where there's some smoke, there's also fire. Anyway, I want to get down to it because this is hopefully going to be a high scoring game. Could be really, really fun to watch. Um, I had a really hard time picking it. UCF is a 10 point favorite. And I'm just going to go with with uh, Central Florida to kind of keep it rolling and stay undefeated and route to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I think it'll be high scoring as well because neither of their defenses are great. They're okay, and they're both equal. But Central Florida's offense just really blows South Florida out of the water. Uh, and it may be – I think the spread is, is correct, but I definitely see Central Florida – staying undefeated for this one as well. Well, good. You know, last week we were both 10 and 0 in our picks and we we had the exact same picks. This week we picked three games so far. We've agreed on each game and I'm really hoping that we're going to disagree <laughs> on something. So I actually want you to take the next one because I, I don't want this to be like you're just copying my pick, okay. which I, I, I'm getting suspicious you're doing that. <laughs> I plan all this out ahead of time. I know. I'm sure you did, but go ahead. I want you to do the next game. Okay, so at 4 o'clock is Iowa at Nebraska, as we were talking about. And so this one actually came down pretty close. Um, I I had a tough time at it. Looking at my numbers, they were extremely close, and I hate that because I never really know which way to go. Um, I did not go with the home team in this case, even though I could. Uh, Nebraska's defense, pretty lousy. That gets factored in there for me. Um, Iowa is a little bit more consistent overall, even though Nebraska does typically win this matchup, which sometimes that matters for, for kind of these weird games. Still really tough for me to put any faith in a 4-7 and seven team, which is Nebraska this year. Uh, so I not super confident about it, but I am going to go with Iowa, although I think it will be pretty close score. Yeah, if this was a home game for Iowa, it would be very easy for the simple reason that in Big Ten play, Iowa on the road is averaging just 11 points per game. Well, at home, they're averaging 30 points per game. That's nearly a 20 points, uh, like a three touchdown swing home versus away. That's kind of that's pretty incredible. I mean, it's not entirely about the quality of opponent because they've had good teams come into uh, their, you know, their home turf. They've gone to play good teams as well. So if this is road, Iowa, I don't like them against anyone. But I also don't like Nebraska just because that distraction of Mike Riley that they've that Nebraska has struggled this year. I kind of like this game just as one to watch as an interesting kind of rivalry. But I'm going to have to go with Iowa. I think this is going to be low scoring. And I like the Hawkeyes in a very close game, but reluctantly because road Iowa is not good Iowa. So this is going to be kind of a, a sloppy, 
low scoring game. But I I got to agree with you about Iowa. Okay. I think it's just as it gets later in the season, it's a little harder to expect some upsets like this, um, especially for teams that just, you know, haven't really done so well because now it's when other things start coming into the equation, like the coaching or thinking of next season or injuries have built up. And I think that's why some of our answers may be more the same, just because we now really know what to expect. That's a good point. Um, well, let's let's keep going, though. So let's move on to 8 p.m. Friday. And we're still on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone has the day off and can. I, I know I have the day off. I'm going to watch a lot of football this weekend. We have 8 p.m. The Commonwealth Cup. Number 25, Virginia Tech goes to Virginia. So another one of these interstate rivalries. Virginia Tech, though, has won the last. 13 games in this series. That's pretty much domination. And Virginia as a team has lost four of its last five games just in general. But three of those were on the road. So they're back at home this time. And it's been a tough stretch of opponents anyway. You know, they played well against Miami last uh, last week. I think that that game gave them some confidence, the Cavaliers. And I just I kind of see this being the so it's been 13 in a row. I don't think it's going to get to 14 for Virginia Tech. I like the Cavaliers to get an upset. And even though it's there's there's seven-point underdogs, I think Virginia's going to get it done. And that 13 streak's going to be history. Oh, that would be that would be fun. Um, I think you were putting a lot of faith into the wrong team for this one. I just don't, other than the fact that it is this rivalry game, I don't really see any other advantages that Virginia has over Virginia Tech at all. Even just just looking at six and five, looking at their um, consistency, just I, I don't think they will in any way outplay Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech is definitely the stronger team. I also don't see them making so many mistakes that they will get taken over. So I just see Virginia Tech like winning this one outright. All right. Well, you said you could have said the same thing about Virginia and Miami last week, but Virginia led that game for a long time. They just kind of fell apart at the end. And and Miami got stronger in the end. That that is how they play. All right. Well, finally we disagree. We'll see who's right on Friday. And now we'll flip the page to Saturday. So back to our traditional Saturday games. And I think we'll start with what is considered to be the biggest rivalry, probably in college football. Although I think a lot of that is because I have the hype machine. So if you're watching Fox at all in their games over the last um, the last week. So if you're watching college football or the NFL on Sunday, it was just nonstop promos for Ohio State, Michigan. There was like a Wolverine and like a bear trap and like it chews its own leg off. Not like literally. I mean, there's a, a narrator saying it. Uh, so it's a little weird, but this this game has been hyped to, to hell and it doesn't necessarily need that. I mean, people are going to watch this no matter what, but still it's the game. That's literally what they call it. Ohio State, interestingly, has won 12 of the last 13 matchups in this series. This one is in Ann Arbor. Uh, and the Buckeyes are 12-point favorites. The The Wolverines went back to John O'Corn at quarterback last week after Brandon Peters suffered a concussion. 
So right now it's unknown who's going to be playing. Neither are particularly standout quarterbacks, but I'd say that a corn is a little more athletic and can make uh, better decisions in general. While Peters is a better overall passer. So if he has more time and if he gets into a rhythm, he can be very effective. He's also young, so he's going to make a, a few mistakes. Maybe that a corn won't, although a corn is certainly not uh, innocent in terms of making mistakes. So interesting game because Ohio State needs to win this one, not just win, but win going away in order to continue to make their case for the college football playoff. You know, they're number nine in the country right now. They got to get up to number four. Uh, so that would mean winning on Saturday and then hopefully crushing Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, Ohio State's locked into the Big Ten championship game no matter what, but they got to win these two and they got to win big. Right now, it's really hard for me to pick against the Buckeyes and they've looked phenomenal in their last two games against Michigan State and, and Illinois. They just look terrific on both sides of the ball. I'm going to go with Ohio State to win this one. I mean, not it's not that big of a surprise. They are pretty big favorites, and Michigan is uh, is okay. Like they're not a great team, but they're not really at Ohio State's level right now. So it's 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 not a, a very bold pick by any stretch of the imagination. But I think Ohio State's not just going to win, but they're going to win. They're going to dominate. You know, like a 30, 40 point type game. I think that's a good way to say it, that Michigan just isn't on the same level this year. Uh, and I know this is a big rivalry and that that may give them some extra momentum. But re- but t- I totally agree. Ohio State's offense is just going to run the table. They are going to be big um, point spread, just pretty much unstoppable. I know they both have really good defenses, but I just see Ohio State taking this run and just taking this and running the entire game. Well, glad we agree on that one. So let's go to the other noon game. Why don't you tell us about it? Ooh, is this? Okay. Georgia at Georgia Tech is playing Saturday at noon. And... We're going out of order, so... Okay, this is... The the name of this rivalry is The Clean Old-Fashioned Hate. As though you need to have all these qualifiers on hate. Okay, so... Um, this one has been going on for a long time because their first matchup was in 1893, and Georgia Tech won. So, maybe this will be kind of fun um possibly georgia tech could have a surprise here this is something where i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if it was a weird upset uh i just think it's um that that type of matchup where that could happen where they kind of get in each other's heads the fan bases are super strong and i actually think that could be really fun but still looking at everything georgia does have just has a clear advantage. Um, stronger defense, stronger offense. It it might be fun to pick the underdog here, but I still have to go with Georgia for this one. Yeah, you know, last year, Georgia Tech won. They won this matchup. But since then, both teams have kind of gone in different directions for 2017. I, I think Georgia Tech already got their big win of the year when they beat Virginia Tech. That was kind of a significant upset. So I'm with you. I think the Bulldogs win this one and win comfortably as they kind of get ready for the SEC championship game. 
against the winner of probably the next game we're going to talk about. So I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll take Georgia and comfortably. Okay, I want to do the next one, but I want to skip around. Sorry, is that okay? Can I go back to the Big Ten? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so Saturday at 3, uh, yeah, 3.30. So Wisconsin is playing at Minnesota. Okay, so this this is rivalry game, same conference. So currently, the trophy is that the winner of this game gets Paul Bunyan's axe. Cool, that's kind of fun. And that trophy started in 1948. But before that, there was actually a slab of bacon trophy. And that was what the winner of this matchup got. And that started in 1930. And it was literally like a golden trophy slab of bacon. And in 1943, that came up missing. And the slab of bacon was lost until 1994 when someone found it in a Wisconsin old storage closet. Wow. When you say slab of bacon trophy, so you mean a trophy fashion to look like a slab of bacon or... Did they take like an actual slab of bacon and somehow mummify it, no, preserve it? I believe that it was more in the lightness of a slab of bacon. Got but it. When I say slab, I mean like old school giant rectangle slab of bacon, not like slices like we eat it now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's how I buy my bacon. It's in the slab and then you cut it. Okay, great. Yes. So yeah, you didn't mention it, but this series is currently tied 59, 59. And eight ties. So literally, it's a dead heat. Minnesota dominated it early on, kind of in the history of these two teams. And Wisconsin, having become a really strong program over the last two decades, has uh, kind of picked up the pace and, and caught up. So this is a great opportunity for Wisconsin to pull ahead and break that tie. Yeah. Also, Wisconsin has won this one the last 13 times. They're going to win it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, there's a lot of history here, but Wisconsin wins it going away. Uh, and basically just en route to the Big Ten championship game. Okay, so the next one that I have, I don't want to talk about the big one yet. Okay. (laughs) So Iowa State is playing at Kansas State, and I picked this one to talk about because Iowa State isn't ranked anymore, but has had some pretty major wins. And then Kansas State had a big win last weekend, um, and I don't have it, but I believe it was Oklahoma State. Yes? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. Um, which was just when I saw Kansas State on Oklahoma State schedule, I was like, okay, you know, easy win. They're going to win out the rest of the season. That one really surprised me. So I, I can see Kansas State having some extra momentum. Um, and, and really, this is a home game. And whatever they did there just really being able to build build up the fans and get really excited. Iowa State has come down a little bit off of their crazy upset run. And this might be a little bit more evenly matched than I would have thought previously. Uh, Iowa State does have a stronger defense, so I am going to stick with them for this one. But I think it could possibly be an interesting game to watch couple of interesting notes. So I believe Kansas State has won the last nine in this series. So it's been a, a long stretch of dominance. I, I could be wrong about that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I like Iowa State to win, 
just to kind of break that streak. I'm all about breaking streaks this year, unless it's Michigan playing Ohio State. But uh, this is, speaking of streaks, this is the longest uninterrupted series in college football, Iowa State, Kansas State. There are other series that have been going on for longer that have, they call it continuous, where they're on the schedule every year. But back around World War II and then also in World War I during the 1918 flu pandemic, there were, they, they would take years off of certain games. So this happened to be one, Iowa State, Kansas State, where they did not take it off. And therefore, that has made it the longest uninterrupted series in college football. Kind of neat. Also, what I found kind of interesting is that the pandemic flu, the they called it the Spanish flu in 1918 because Spain was particularly hard hit or supposedly hard hit. But anyway, uh, it killed 50 to 100 million people worldwide, which is pretty significant, obviously. But the first reported case of the flu in the U.S. and possibly in the world was in Kansas. And it was actually only 20 miles away from Kansas State's campus. So literally just down the road. So this major flu, which interrupted a lot of series, as in they took the, the, the year off, did not actually interrupt the school that was closest to the nexus of it. I thought that was interesting. Maybe you don't. Neat. I mean, it's a little depressing, but is interesting. Yeah. Well, um, I'm taking Iowa State Cyclones, and they break the streak. So go Iowa State. Great. Okay. I guess that we have to talk about the Iron Bowl now. <laughs> so Saturday at 3.30, Alabama is playing Auburn, and this is obviously the Iron Bowl. Uh, Alabama has won the last three years. Uh, because it was 2013 that Auburn kind of had that crazy finish. So Auburn has been playing super strong. I, On my radar, I feel like they kind of came out of nowhere and has just been killing it, really. Uh, so is Auburn a good team? Yes. Are they going to be a good team when playing Bama? Probably not. I just I, – I don't see this being too much of a struggle – for Alabama, honestly. I know it is a super intense rivalry, and I know it's home for Auburn. I just still don't see it being too much of a struggle for, for Alabama. Sorry, that's my point. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, you know, four and a half point favorite. Very close game. Um, Mississippi State yeah. is who Alabama played the last real game because they played Mercer last weekend. But in the last real game for Alabama, they were down. They had to come back in the second half. I always look at momentum being very kind of important. Uh, if you're trying to make a prediction or projection of where teams are going, how they play lately is, to me, very important. You know, It's more important how someone played last week or the last couple of weeks as opposed to how they played at the beginning of the season. For that measure, I'm a little concerned for Alabama Meanwhile, I feel pretty good about Auburn because Auburn literally dominated Georgia. You know, the, what was the number one team in the country in their in their last real game? Because last weekend they played Louisiana Monroe. Anyway, the winner of this game advances to the SEC championship game, which leads me to a really interesting question. Maybe we should just hang on to this one for the future. But I want to know what happens with Alabama. So let's say Auburn wins this game. What happens with Alabama and the playoff committee? Because they would be a one-loss team that has been you know, number one or number two like the whole year. 
in the polls and also the playoff committee poll. They finally lose one in the last regular season game and consequently can't go to the conference championship game. So they have no other opportunities to prove themselves. But their best wins on the year are Mississippi State and LSU. You're not necessarily world beaters. So how does Alabama stack up to, let's say, one loss Oklahoma and one loss Clemson? Do they jump in there? So there's this kind of interesting scenario. Let's say Georgia wins. um, You know, they beat Georgia Tech. They beat uh, Auburn in the SEC championship game. Does Georgia go to the playoff over Alabama or does the committee do something else? So we don't have to talk about that because I'd rather just let's just see if it happens and then discuss it. And then that could be a really interesting and uh, topical discussion. But there are too many variables right now to to have fun with. But it's a really good reason to watch this one, because if Auburn wins, then it creates a it basically upheaves the whole narrative and, and what could happen. So anyway, who am I going to pick? Well, here's the thing. I really struggled with making a selection. I don't even have anything written down. So I'm literally at this moment picking this off the cuff and I'm taking Auburn ah, at home. Look at you. All right. Yeah, it's good. And for me, it goes it goes back to the what I talked about with what I saw with Alabama against Mississippi State. I don't think to me, I don't think that was a one off. I think Alabama has real vulnerabilities. I think that Auburn has had you know a couple weeks to to look at the film of that game, to look at the film of Alabama all season. And, it, and it really, this is the first major test for Alabama. They haven't played a team as good as Auburn all year. I mean, maybe Alabama is better, uh, but maybe they're going to get hit in the you know hit in the jaw and, and lose. I just kind of like Auburn to win this one at home, and I'm going to stick to that. I I uh, sorry, I just want to add on that I think for me because it. it I think that Alabama is better under pressure. And even in that game where I was pretty certain Mississippi State was going to win it, Alabama was under pressure and they played when they needed to. And I think that is a really important distinction. Well, you're you're right about that. When Alabama had to make plays, they did. I will say, though, that Mississippi State had, they had something like a fourth down and two or three that I was kind of thinking like they should really go for this because they're in a position where if they punt it, that they're not really going to be improving their position a, a whole lot. I mean, they'll be def- they'll give a, a few yards back to Alabama. I thought it was a mistake for them to punt, even if they would have potentially turned it over on downs. And Alabama obviously got the ball back, kind of you know moved down the field and tied the game. Then they won the game. So I felt Mississippi State had a chance to, I guess, step on Alabama's throat, and they didn't do it. And that's obviously a bit about Alabama's ability to come back. But to me, that was just as much about Mississippi State's inability to put a team away. You don't necessarily see that with Auburn. Auburn has played a terrific schedule this year. They play good teams. Sure, they have those two losses. But in their last major game, they just they destroyed Georgia. And they stepped on Georgia's throat. So I think that Auburn has the ability to beat a team like Alabama, you know, to really basically finish the job, whereas Mississippi State wasn't able to do that. So that's why I feel a little more confident about Auburn in this one than I did about Mississippi State's ability to hold off Alabama. That's just my impression, though. Awesome. So there's a 345 game 
which is West Virginia. There is. <laughs> West Virginia is playing at Oklahoma. And West Virginia was one of the teams that I was starting to put some of my confidence in. And I felt like they were strong enough to have upsets and that they could really take on some of these bigger teams. And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. And it's not looking at their playability. It's not really enough for me to say that I think West Virginia could take on Oklahoma for this one. Um, What is the spread? Oklahoma's favored by 22. Whoa. Yeah, that is actually much larger than I expected. But, um, I mean, fits right in. Oklahoma just uh, will have this one pretty easily. Uh, I guess... I think it, it won't be that by that many points, actually, but it's still like will be Oklahoma with a um, leading the whole time. Yeah, Oklahoma just needs to avoid a slip up. You know, they win this one, they'll go to the Big Twelve Championship game, which I'm excited for now that there is a Big Twelve Championship game. So, Boomer sooner this time, and uh, on to next week. Yes. Okay. So primetime games. Um, sort of. Well, let's start with 730. It's prime time. Uh, Clemson is playing at South Carolina. This one, um, this one was like, I guess we have to talk about it because it's Clemson and sometimes Clemson does, sometimes Clemson disappoints us. I don't really think this is going to be that time, honestly, just they're on both sides. Um, they're pretty much stronger. South Carolina hasn't done too much this year, I guess, to impress me or to think that they will be able to um, handle this one. So I have Clemson easily. South Carolina has a lot more depth this year than they did last year. I believe Clemson embarrassed South Carolina last year as well in Death Valley. It was like 52 to 7 or something along those lines. So South Carolina's better. They're at home. But Clemson's offensive weapons especially you know when they're in rhythm and on target. It's a championship-level team, championship-level offense. And they've had a whole season to kind of gel with Kelly Bryant. And they have. I mean, they're still the number three team in the country. They've only lost one game. I'm with you. I think Clemson wins, wins handily. But still, the fact that this is a good opponent for South Carolina that – or for, you know, South Carolina has for Clemson um, – the fact that it could be close is what makes it interesting to me because, you know, South Carolina were to win this one. It really upsets the the uh, you know, it potentially lets in a team that wasn't expecting a shot at the playoff to to have that chance. So that's why I find it interesting. But I'm with you. I think Clemson wins. OK, so actual eight o'clock games. The first <laughs> one we have is Notre Dame at Stanford. This one was actually really tough for me. I felt that these two teams are very evenly matched. Uh, just running through everything, it was almost a tie. It was very close. Um, and in the end, and I know we have talked about this, of Stanford, again, sometimes playing really well and sometimes disappointing us. And that type of consistency makes me really nervous when it comes down to these really close decisions. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, Notre Dame has a little bit of a better offense and a little bit of a better defense. And it's just enough that I really would rather pick Notre Dame for this one. They've won this matchup more times. 
And I, even though I know it's on the road for Notre Dame, that that's still my pick. All right. Well, you're right. Notre Dame would be a more consistent choice. I mean, granted, they did get blown up by Miami. They struggled last week against Navy until they, you know, again, another come from behind win. So a win basically gets Notre Dame into a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, they're the number eight team in the country. They presumably go up or at least hold steady with a win over Stanford. Meanwhile, Stanford has a banged up running back in Bryce Love. He's got like a, a, a bum ankle. They're not even 100% sure he's going to be able to go or if he does, if he's going to be 100%. So there's a lot going wrong for Stanford. And on top of that, they're going to be distracted by what's going on in the last game of the night, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, Washington State at Washington, because the winner of that game, if Washington State wins the Apple Cup, they go to the Pac-12 championship game as the Pac-12 North Division representative. Meanwhile, if Washington wins, then Stanford goes, regardless, obviously, of what happens in Stanford-Notre Dame. So there have already been some, you know, a lot of comments uh, you know, questions from journalists toward the uh, head coach for Stanford. And he said that they're going to be watching the scoreboard. So he didn't even really shy away from that, which I thought was kind of interesting. So Stanford is going to be distracted. They could be distracted. But still, uh, I turn back to what I was talking about a little bit earlier, which is I look at a team's last couple of performances, how they've looked. And Notre Dame, having been blown up by Miami, having struggled against Navy. To me, they look like a team that is a little bit on the decline. So momentum-wise, or it's just there's something deeper going on with Notre Dame that they don't have maybe the magic or the luck that they had earlier in the year when they were uh, dominating teams, when they'd only lost to Georgia by one point, when they looked like a playoff team. They don't really look like it right now. So I think Stanford at home wins this one on the strength of a uh, a high-level defense and just a, a steady, consistent offense. So I'm going to take Stanford. Although if for some reason Bryce Love doesn't play, like he gets ruled out, I might change my mind. Um, All but, right. <laughs> but I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change my mind. Like, like I will actually change my mind, but I'll, I'm, my pick is going to stay with Stanford. Oh, okay. Great. We disagree on that one too. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll close it out now with another primetime Saturday night game. 8 p.m. on Fox. So I just talked about it. The Apple Cup in the state of Washington, number 13, Washington State, now ranked ahead of in-state rival Washington, the Huskies. Although Washington is a 10-point favorite, they're at home. So like I said, if Washington State wins, they go to the Pac-12 championship game to play Southern Cal. If Washington wins, Stanford goes. So Washington State has a lot on the line, whereas Washington really doesn't. I mean, even if they win, they're probably not going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. But Washington would at least have the satisfaction of denying that opportunity to Washington State, which as a a team which has many rivals, I, I like seeing my rivals lose or not get something that they like. So Washington, even though they don't have a lot to play for personally, they can still sour Washington State season. I thought a lot about this one, surprisingly, because I, I don't usually think a lot about Washington, Washington State. And I decided to go with Washington. Uh, they are a 10-point favorite, which you know surprised me a little bit. Um, and I, I've liked Washington State this year, but I think on the road, 
the Cougars are going to struggle. And I'd like Washington to kind of cap off a season where they thought they were, you know, they thought they would be a playoff bound again. Um, I think they're going to cap it off with a nice win and they'll look maybe like a playoff team, although obviously they're not getting back there. So I like the Huskies in this one. All right. So Washington has won this matchup the past four times. Historically, they generally win this one. This was a really close. Um, as I was looking through it, I really could basically see it going either way for this one. So I see Washington State coming out with a lot of strength and power and maybe leading and probably leading going into the half and then Washington and coming back and winning it. So I'm picking Washington to keep up their streak. All right. Well, we disagreed, I think, on three games. So I'm looking for I'm looking forward <laughs> to uh, finally beating you again. You know, I started off this season with wins several weeks in a row, and then you've won a few in a row. So I think we're about even now. And it kind of comes down to this and then probably championship week. Yes. So this is exciting. Um, you do anything for Thanksgiving? All right. Hanging out. No, I'm staying home and uh, family's coming over. And then as soon as they're all gone, watching football, you know, watching NFL, then this weekend watching college football. So really looking forward to it. And uh, of course, our team, Michigan State, plays Rutgers, which (laughs) we didn't talk about that. But I think we'd both probably pick Michigan State anyway. Yeah, I thought about going to that game, but just like it would not be fun in any way whatsoever. Right. Well, pretty soon we're going to be able to talk about, uh, you know, bowl projections, where teams are going. And one possibility, of course, for Michigan State, if let's say they were to lose to Rutgers, would would be to go to the pinstripe bowl in New York. Um, I think the odds of that are a little bit lower now because, you know, they're eight and three. They're probably going to beat Rutgers. But um, but that might be kind of fun for you. But we'll talk about that you know, after championship week as those uh, bowls are actually announced. Hey, um, do you want to do you want to wrap it up? That wraps up our week 13 game preview and picks. Thanks for listening to College Football Daybreak and be sure to follow us on Twitter at CFB Daybreak. Our next episode will be up next week and talk to you all then.